Welcome everybody to the Patrick Carr Show. Let me tell you what, contractors in the state of Florida are under attack right now. Not from homeowners, but actually from our legislators in Tallahassee. Um, we have got a very special episode here for you today. The president of the Restoration Association of Florida and Air Quality Assessors, host of the Air Quality Assessors radio program, for the third time on this show to give us a legal update and what is going on in Tallahassee that affects you, our blue collar entrepreneurs. I got Richie Kidwell in the house today. Stick around for this one. What is going on, Richie? All right, man. Thank you for having me on the show. Man, I appreciate it. Well, I mean, basically now you're just a staple now. You know, it's like the Tonight Show. You're just going to keep on coming back. All right. All right. Um, I like it. The reason is because, man, what a lot of people don't realize is this show, we get so much information from you and the work that your attorneys with the Restoration Association of Florida do. We're going to be talking about everything that affects our blue-collar entrepreneurs in the state of Florida, especially following Ian. But first, can you give us an update, man, or just a, a kind of a brief rundown? What is the Restoration Association of Florida? Can you break that down for us, brother? Sure. You know, we're a nonprofit association by contractors for contractors here in the state of Florida. We ensure that the laws and regulations stay fair um, for the independent contractors here in the state of Florida. Uh, we've seen it over the years. I've been involved since 2014 myself. That was the first year I started using an assignment of benefit contract, especially for the folks that don't have the money to, after a loss occurs, to front all of the expenses. It's expensive to put your house back together after a natural disaster that you did not save up for. Most people do not save up for that one-time event. That's why we pay our insurance, so we figure we're covered. Mm -hmm. It's like, why am I gonna save up money to buy a new car if I'm paying my insurance? If I get hit and my, my car is totaled, I know that I'm paying my insurance, I'm gonna get a new car. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saving up money for a new car. Same thing why I'm not saving up money for uh, home repairs because every month I'm paying my insurance like a good boy. So I expect to have a good neighbor, I expect to be in good hands, but what we've seen, even after Hurricane Michael, three years after, 33,000 claims were still open three years after Hurricane Michael. A Category 5 hurricane went over a small area on the Panhandle, and 33,000 people are left without, their, uh, without getting reimbursed by their insurance company three years after a storm. That's ridiculous. Yeah. But just to answer your question, I got involved with it in 2014 when the first attack started happening. 2013 and 2012, it was all about sinkholes. That's why, um, that's why insurance premiums were going up, what they said. Then after that, the boogeyman then changed to restoration contractors. They were the guys showing up at three o'clock in the morning, strong arming 85 year old ladies to sign this assignment of benefit contract to then run away with all their rights and benefits. And then they wake up two or three months later to find out they're a part of a lawsuit that they had no idea about. Mm -hmm. That's what the legislators were saying in 2014. That's when I realized there wasn't a unified voice. They're only hearing what the insurance companies are telling them. They're not hearing the real scoop. They're not hearing it from the guys on the ground every day like us. We're there sitting there next to these ladies crying on our shoulders because they have nowhere to go. They don't have any money and they don't know what to do. So here we come in as independent contractors contractors and say, listen, sign this assignment of benefit contract. That allows me to get started on your work right now. Just like when you go into a doctor's office, nobody flinches an eye when they go into a doctor, they're sick and they hand them all this paperwork that says full assignment of all rights and benefits from our insurance policy. 
You give that clipboard back, they're opening up a claim for you in the back office, and then you go see the doctor. Doctor gives you all of your treatments, everything you need right there. You walk out of there, you pay your uh, copay or deductible, you're out of there. And that should be, that's the same way in property, but they're now trying to make it look like we're the bad guys because we offer this service. We'll put you back to pre-loss condition and bill your insurance company later because we don't know what the scope is. We take off your roof and we see more damage. We have to continue to go to put you back to pre-loss condition. We see a pipe break and the floor is continuous throughout the house and now it's up on walls and things like that that you didn't see until construction started. Nobody, regular homeowners don't know how to deal with this. Independent contractors, contractors have been doing this for a long time, know how to do it. And they need this special tool. The assignment of benefits has been around since the late 1800s to be able to help folks in their time of need. And so there was no unified voice. There was no unified voice in the industry. So I created the Restoration Association of Florida for that unified voice. Now we have hundreds of members throughout the state. Uh, we help assist them in their uh, contracts, whether they want to use an assignment of benefits, whether they want to use a direction to pay with a service authorization and a letter protection language, whether they want to use any different type of contracts or have access to our 40 attorneys that are part of our, our association, it's there for them to use as a tool and for us to have a unified voice. If all the good guys are doing it the same way and we're doing it right, then that speaks volumes uh, to, to the industry. Mm -hmm. uh, we all know that um, preferred pretenders cannot assist the whole entire state like we just saw what happened with Hurricane Ian. We need to have independent contractors here. We need to continue, uh, continue to maintain the rights and the privileges we have to work here in the state of Florida. And unfortunately, we're seeing more and more times, uh, it's getting more and more difficult. 2014 was very difficult, 15, 16. And then 2019, we had AOB reform in which now they made a statute, all for the assignment of benefits and how to work under, how it's protective for the homeowner. It gives you a 14 day right of rescission from the homeowner. It gives you a 30 day cancellation period if significant work has not been performed. No more is an, an AOB contractor running away with all your rights and benefits anymore. And it also says in the 2019 statute that you cannot seek a homeowner for anything outside of, um, of the deductible or any type of betterment to their property outside of what is covered in the policy. You can't have more for, uh, of a protection for homeowners here in the state of Florida. So we rally for independent contractors and consumers here in the state of Florida. That's what the Restoration Association of Florida uh, is, and that's how we got uh, founded, and, and that's what we're doing today. I understand that. Now, the argument against that, Richie, and I wanna really dive into AOBs. Now, folks, um, the reason that we really wanna dive into these AOBs is because it is a point of contention right now in the state of Florida following the major storm, Ian, that we had here. It seems like following every major storm, everybody comes out of the woodworks, Richie, against AOBs. The rest of the year, they work just fine, but all of a sudden, confusion about this. The argument against it, Richie, is the mean contractors come in door to door soliciting old women, like you say, you know, the old lady at the door. Right. It's always the best. They take the money and then they run or they're not responsible for the work. See, that was the original. And that's especially where you're following Irma. Yeah. So tell me. Tell me an AOB contractor that takes money up front. That's the whole power and the beauty of an AOB. I'd be more worried about somebody knocking on my door saying, give me all of your money up front for your deductible and maybe I'll start work. And then they run away with their deductible money, don't do anything good for the homeowner and or they do perform work for the homeowner and then lean their home because they don't have an AOB. I mean, we saw that when Charlie Chris was the governor back in, uh, um, in the uh, 20, 2006 and 2008 yeah. period. Huh. That was right after all the storms, 2004 and 2005. Well, he made it to where he says, listen, 
All these contractors need to start using an AOB. I'm tired of getting calls all up and down the whole coast of, of older folks with liens on their home because the insurance company did not pay their own vendor. I mean, I know the largest vendor recently sold out, right? But he was like, he was saying, he was like, dude, I'm so busy right now. Problem is, is I'm leaning people's homes left and right. I've got six people. All they do is lean homes every day. I said, does that make you feel good? He's like, no, but the carrier sent me out. They didn't pay me. So I have to lean the home. So the homeowner screams and gets all mad. So they, it puts pressure on the insurance company to finally pay me. So uh, that's ridiculous. So to kind of give a little bit of light to homeowners out there, because this is what I want to speak with when it comes to homeowners. There are really two options, Richie, that you have following a storm. You have a, a contingency agreement that you can sign. Hey, you're, we're going to pay you contingent upon the work being completed on my home. Or you can assign the rights of your claim in AOB, assignment of benefits, mm -hmm. over to a contractor. Before we jump into how these AOBs are under attack, can you break down for me what is the advantage of that AOB over signing a contingency agreement? Because it seems like our legislators are trying to really get rid of this and push toward contingency. What's the advantage to one over the other? If you could break that down, the two kinds of agreements that we see. Sure. You know, obviously, I love the assignment of benefits for the reasons stated. The 2019 reform added a statute, 627-7152, with specific protections for the consumer. Again, you have a 14-day right of rescission. You have a 30-day cancellation period if significant work has not been performed. So you would know in the first 30 days if your contractor is going to do a right build for you or not. Or if they haven't started, you can simply cancel your contract. The law also says that that AOB contractor cannot come after you any more than your, what is owed for your deductible or any betterments. You cannot seek them, uh, lien their property. You cannot turn them over to a credit agency. Um, it, you have the power as an independent contractor to deal directly with the insurance company. And that's why they're scared because they know this is what we do every day. They know that they can pull the wool over the eyes of the, uh, the insured that knows nothing. Most folks have a one-time shot in their life to deal with a major catastrophe or one every 10 years, right? So they're not used to dealing with these insurance claims like these professionals, like the independent contractors, the general contractors who use AOB. We keep the insurance companies honest. We make sure the homeowners are put back to pre-loss condition and are whole. That's why the insurance companies are scared and that's why they're trying to point it at us. The funny thing is, is that after the reform uh, came, came through, only 20% of all the lawsuits, all the litigation were AOB contractors. 80% were all first party lawsuits from homeowners, proving the, pack, uh, the fact that it doesn't matter if you screw the contractor or you screw the insured, a lawsuit is gonna be filed. <laughs> what we saw is that even if we restrict the rights of independent contractors, the same amount of lawsuits will exist. The homeowners are gonna get fed up they're going to only have one place to turn, and that's to an attorney firm to get them paid and brought and bring them back to pre-loss condition. It's unfortunate they're creating their own um, uh, situation here with the insurance companies just denying perfectly valid claims. We see it on, on the UPC RICO suit. Mm -hmm. You saw that John Tolley, the attorney who had several folks under deposition who testified that their boss told them to deny all claims one year after Hurricane Irma. Every single claim. They asked him, under deposition, how many of those claims did you wrongfully die, uh, deny? He says, I don't know. Was it over 75? He says, yes. Was it over 100? He said, yes. Was it over 180 times? He said, yes. I don't have that exact number, though. What do you expect folks to do when they're wrongfully denied by their insurance company? Oh, oh, well, I mean, our legislator is not addressing that at all. 
As a matter of fact, in special session, they passed a bill, Senate Bill 2D, signed into law May 26, that makes it harder for insurance companies to be uh, hit with bad faith. Bad faith, yes. I mean, that was a remaining trigger that we have, the homeowners have a tool and say, you have 90 days uh, to make payment um, or, or give me the reasons why you're not making a payment. And then we'll go from there. And, and, and it's crazy. California has double the amount of people. Their claims are done in 30 days. Somehow our legislator with half the amount of people, half the amount of homes um, say that we need 90 days to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and where car accidents, we have 100 times more car accidents in Florida than we have property damage. And yet that's 30 days as well, too. So we're giving them a long period of time to make payment. And now we can't go after them for continuing to to elongate the uh, the claims payout. Um, and that's what is, is, is a problem. And our legislators not doing anything about it. Matter of fact, they're on TV saying, be worried about uh, folks knocking on your door like a bunch of locusts, you know, trying to help folks out after a storm. I've been pleading, you know, as you're a policyholder, you have these predators that will come in and they will go door to door canvassing neighborhoods that they see the damage and they will sign over their claims to contractors or they will have unscrupulous public adjusters and you will complicate that claims process by adding a bunch of parasites that are going to damage damage your ability to get made whole any faster. So good, there's good ones in life and there's bad ones. It's a rule of numbers. Unfortunately, during times like this, the bad ones show up in droves. So I've been pleading, you know, as you're a policyholder and you're the sound of my voice, call your agent, call your carrier, call my office. This will be the best way to ensure that your claim is being handled properly. And my office, we love handling people's claims. We do a great job at it. Uh, you have these predators that will come in and they will go. People are going around asking them if they need their homes tarped, you know, so further damage doesn't exist. People are knocking on doors saying, I know you've never filed an insurance claim before. Let me help you with that. I'm a licensed public adjuster. That's what I do. Um, and they're going against those folks and saying they're locust all because they say you call my insurance, you call your insurance company first. This is not a monopoly. They are not there to tarp your home. They're there to accept the risk and pay out that money that they owe for you to put your home back to pre-loss condition. I just wish you were a little more passionate about it though, Richie. That's the one thing, you know what I mean? Just you just cared a little bit more. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah. But I wanna, I wanna dive into this because I think you make a good point between the AOB and the contingency agreement. With a contingency agreement, that contractor is not legally allowed to speak on your behalf, let's say to the insurance carrier. You're going at it, they're doing the work, insurance carrier is separate, that's how it should work. They can speak to the scope of work as a contractor in that case, but they can't, they can't argue on your behalf, they can't say to the insurance company, we need more drip edge or this isn't right. Right, okay. It seems to me that the real crust of this all is that AOBs put somebody in the driver's seat that's been there before. Somebody who knows what needs to be done and what they don't like from the carrier's perspective is that that means we're gonna have to pay out more because this person's gonna be able to hold our feet to the fire. We can't give them a detailed estimate, right. say that's the right number, and then just steamroll them because we know more than what they do. That's right. It seems to and me that's really the problem right here. Yeah, and it's funny you said that, they have to pay out more. You know, what, really, they have to pay out what is owed. 
That's what the whole they're trying to get you to think of, like, oh, poor me, poor insurance companies, who all the top 10 insurance companies, CEOs last year in the midst of a crisis made over $25 million. It's reported. You can Google it. You'll see they make a base about two to $5 million. And then the rest of them are all bonuses that are paid to them every quarter or every month to supersede $25 million in payouts. That's a half a million dollars in one week that each one of these CEOs in the midst of a crisis are getting paid. And still last year in the, in the midst of the biggest insurance crisis, they still made that much money. That's why I'm calling bullshit. The CEO to worker pay gap has expanded exponentially over the past several decades. The Economic Policy Institute estimates that CEO compensation has grown 1,322% since 1978, while typical worker compensation has risen 18%. The Institute for Policy Studies estimates that 80% of S&P 500 companies pay their CEO over 100 times more than they pay their median worker. That means it would take 100 years for the average employee at one of those companies to earn what their CEO makes in one year. And if you're wondering, yes, that is physically impossible. First one was that since 1978, CEO pay has increased 1,322% but typical worker pay has increased just 18%. The second terrifying thing was that in 2020, CEOs were paid 351 times as much as a typical worker, and that the CEOs of the top 350 firms in the US were paid 24.2 million on average. How are you measuring these numbers? What what are these what does that CEO compensation mean when we when we look at those numbers? It's absolute fucking bullshit. And so and now we see these things, uh, which I, I, I sent you these yeah. uh, articles. You have the governor uh, out there, and I love my governor, but he is man, he is just getting bad advice. Um, from folks that are saying that these are the problems. You know, he's getting advice from the CFO, Jimmy Petronas, uh, who is definitely showing his cards, trying to say that AOBs are the reasons why these insurance companies have to do the right thing, right? And are spending this type of money and this made up crisis. He's propelling this made up crisis. Assignment of benefits is a, a category five hurricane. Um, it's a uh, potential problem of epidemic proportions. It's an issue that affects every single policy holder in the state. It will uh, change the dynamics of insurance and property casualty insurance for every single homeowner in the state. And it will have a ripple effect on our state's liability as those policyholders have nowhere else to go but citizens. So then our state liability grows. We saw what happened when that last insurance company went out of business. We saw that executives were being bonused an exuberant amount of money. They were, they were showing that uh, an obscene amount of money was being transferred to these fake companies before they went out of business. And then they turned them over to FIGA and everybody got bonused out hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yes. You know, I and mean, nobody brings that up to say that there's so much fraud going on with the insurance companies that they need to do something there. Yes. It's not independent contractors. Um, it's, 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 we need more protections for homeowners and we need to make sure the insurance companies do the right thing. Um, now back to the contingency model. The other problem is, is that contractors are going to see that the, when the money does come, it'll come to the homeowner and two things will happen. 
right? Either the, amount, the correct amount of money will come to the homeowner. They've never seen that type of money before. They um, may or may not go back to that same contractor or they're gonna find somebody unlicensed to go, do, to go do the work and try to save some money or they'll get short paid and then they'll have to find somebody that's not properly licensed like a maintenance guy to do their repairs and not build their home back to pre-loss condition. And so we see that all the time where the, or the contractors come out, give them the estimates, the homeowner submits, homeowner gets paid, homeowner never calls that contractor again. Of course. And then they're sitting there with a home that is getting worse and worse because the homeowner doesn't know what to do. Again, they're never in the driver's seat. They haven't had this problem before arise. They don't know what to do. So when they get some money in, they're either going to just do some temporary repairs or they're going to pocket the money or they're going to sit there and go, I don't know what to do because I didn't get enough money. How do I supplement? Yes. Well, if you would have used a contractor that knows what they're doing, they would make those supplements for you. They would take the pictures. They would do the measurements. They would resubmit the estimates for you. So there's a lot of problems that exist. Who has the time to go back to that homeowner and say, listen, we're going to do all this extra supplemental work for you. But we, the homeowners um, having all of the control is uh, that never deals with this is going to be very, very difficult. And it's going to be difficult for the mortgage companies as well. And I'm curious where they're at with yeah. this. This is ridiculous. Well, you know, you mentioned Jimmy Patronus and, uh, you know, I know that this show, and I know you as well on your radio program have been vocal against some of the decisions that he has made, but I want to turn some light to a different perspective here, Richie. You know, as we read this stuff from the government, whether it be the governor, Jimmy Petronas, Office of Insurance Regulation, coming out against AOBs, and they surely are in the next month, which we're going to talk about that special session here just right now. What I would ask people to look at is, if it is so bad, if what we're seeing is so negative, where are the homeowner examples? You know, I think that I'm waiting for that. Show me. I mean, they can't even find. I haven't seen it if they had. Even we've got the, what do we have here? Politico. We've got the insurance journal that we were looking at. Mm-hmm. I don't see anybody with any homeowner saying, boy, this has been terrible for me with an AOB. What I do hear and what you do see is we see the insurance companies coming out and saying, this is bad for us. Mm -hmm. You know, this is not what we want. Not homeowners. I don't see any homeowners complaining about AOBs right now. Right. And I think that what you've seen, we talked about it previously, contractors on the ground are really doing a good job of going, I don't want to be that example for the industry. I don't want to be that person that screws it up for everybody else. And it's not AOBs that are bad for con or for homeowners. It's the insurance companies that don't want to have to pay out, like you said, what is due to the homeowner to put their home back to pre-loss mm -hmm. condition. Now, man, I, I'm hearing so many contractors that are there in the ground zero, yeah. going around talking to folks, and they and they do. They give them here's my cash estimate, or we have this, and they, they give them choices. Here's who we can begin. You write me a check for this amount. We get started. We get the uh, uh, roof tarp. We start and dry out on your home and, and mitigation services. Or you sign this contract and we'll bill everything to your insurance company. When the money comes, deductible will be minus out of that uh, uh, last bit of money and come to you, homeowner. Um, this is every 100% of the time the homeowners are choosing the AOB. Because again, that's why you pay your insurance. Like if I got sick and I went to my doctor and they said, listen, we're not doing assignments anymore. We're going to hand you the bill as soon as you leave. If you don't get us paid our full amount, we're going to lean your home. 
I, it would, there would be a shit show uh, of, of folks not knowing what to do. They've never had to deal with their insurance before. They don't know what their doctor is going to be billing. And they don't know that, hey, this scan costs thousands of dollars. I just saw this little machine in here. They set it up for two seconds. I can't believe it was going to be $8,000 for that scan. We don't go through all that. And now they're trying to pin us against the homeowners now and saying, don't sign up with AOB contractors. They overbill, they overcharge. Or, you know, it's funny because it's, a, it's, it's the same rate. And they make us wait three and four five years in some cases. I still have Hurricane Irma unpaid bills. I mean, that's five years ago. I still have Hurricane Michael unpaid bills. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to go to fucking uh, New York to go sit with Lloyds of London uh, on a big fucking invoice from uh, uh, Hurricane Michael. I mean, three years fucking later, man. I mean, so you think that really this is contractors are like, oh, this is great. I love having three-year-old fucking accounts receivables. No, we do this because, and we build the way we do because we know it's going to be a fight to get paid. And now there's no attorney's fees. So now we have to share the attorney's fees. Yes, I want to get, I want to get to that in a second. But I think what I'm very surprised about from what you're telling me, Richie, is that, that when you look at the contingency agreement and the... I guess the recourse to get paid on that. It's a lien on somebody's home. Now, if we, if I was just looking at this from a third party perspective, I was not involved. I would think that they would be going after, if you were looking out for the homeowner, that would be the kind of agreement that you're going after first. Being that the recourse is a lien homes and foreclose on homes following right. a natural disaster. Right. Because I want to paint this picture. If you do a contingency agreement and you're with Ian, you're, you're down there, you're, you've gotten your house blown away and you do a contingency agreement. And for whatever reason, you don't pay that contractor. The only way they're going to have recourse to get payment is a lien on your home. And they're going to have to foreclose on that lien eventually within a year. So they're going to have to do something. Now, that right there is something that I think should be addressed. There's right. got to be a better recourse to go after and get money other than leaning and foreclosing on an insured's home following a natural disaster. But I think what we've shown here, that's not the goal of our legislators. The goal of the legislators is to do what's in the best interest for insurance companies. Because it's not homeowners who are complaining. It's the insurance companies, the carriers that are complaining. And with the carriers complaining, Richie, you just alluded to it. We now have a special session that has been announced. We don't know when. What do you expect to see in the special session come November, maybe early December? What are we looking at? Sure. So this is what we've heard. Uh, we, we heard even before Governor DeSantis just uh, recently announced special session. We heard it was going to be uh, towards the end of November when the new uh, seats change. So early November, I think either the 4th or the 8th, we have new seats change in the Florida Senate and oh, Florida House of Representatives. Richie, can you tell people why that is important, that it's in the new legislator, legislation that's coming, or legislators that are coming in? Sure. Yeah, yes. So um, uh, we just had one election with the primaries and now we have our uh, major election coming up in november mm -hmm. uh, new senators and new house representatives will be coming in um, new heads of each department are coming in the senate president and the speaker of the house they're going to elect a whole new uh, regime for who's in the banking and insurance committees who's in appropriations who's in rules those committees where these bills that affect insurance will go through. And do we expect them to be more or less Republican? It's expected to be more Republican. Yep. I'm a gun-toting Republican. Me too. Uh, however, right now, uh, uh, Republicans are getting just littered with insurance money and they're doing whatever the insurance companies want. That's a problem. Um, and you see that, um, uh, that uh, I was going to say, uh, ex-Governor Christ 
his whole entire marketing right now is that I will stand up against insurance. I will stand up against big insurance, knowing that that's his, uh, Governor DeSantis' biggest downfall is. is that he's covered up with so much insurance money that he's doing whatever they want him to do, and that is bad for consumers. Everything else he's doing for the state is fantastic. He's opening up bridges, he's keeping us independent, He's doing everything except for stopping insurance companies from having too much power and too much control. That's the problem. Office of Insurance Regulation is, is obviously um, misdirected under the guidance of David Altmaier. He's been uh, there since 2016 and allowing bullshit policies to exist that are causing a lot of this litigation. Have you ever heard of a $10,000 cap unless you use my preferred pretenders? Have you ever fucking heard of that before in any state? I mean, that kind of shit is what is going to continue to have litigation. This, this stuff where they, uh, they find a, uh, a claim or water damages uh, around 14 days later. Then policy started to change. Well, if you find uh, water damage over 14 days, known or unknown, if it was hidden behind a wall or not hidden behind a wall, we're not going to cover it. So you saw lawyers fighting that and saying, what are you talking about? We don't have x-ray vision. How do we know if there's a pinhole leak behind the wall until shit starts falling off or until I walk and step into a puddle, right? So policy started to change with just a rubber stamp by David Altmaier and you start to see policies that continue to whittle down coverages for policyholders. That's why we have a lot of litigation. It is not a good regime right now from the Office of Insurance Regulator, uh, Regulation, David Altmaier, to our CFO, Jimmy Patronis, and now that's infiltrated into our governor, who is yep. now all hearing that AOBs are bad, insurance companies are hurt, they're in a crisis mode. That's absolute bullshit, that's garbage. All it is is a power play for insurance companies to have more power over independent contractors and consumers. It's it's a bad it's it's a bad day for us, for sure. And, the, and they know this, and that's why they're waiting until this new group comes in to do this special session. But not they can do it right now if they really wanted, the governor wanted to, but it's not as one-sided. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, because yeah, they, they, they would absolutely, if they were trying to call a special session now with the same regime, they would, they would not come to Tallahassee. They told me that last time, yep. majority of them, they said, we almost didn't make it. We voted and it was just short of not even going to a special session because they didn't believe in this fake crisis. Most yep. of the legislators do not. Now, what will happen, what I think will happen in this special session is the governor, as he announced, will try to work on um, um, insurance and hopefully reinsurance to help stabilize the market. I don't know if it has to do with taxes. I don't know if it has to do yeah, with- um, taxes, yeah, but- Right, um, we won't know. Now, what I did hear from our lobbying team is that Jimmy Patronis had stated that we will be looking at abolishing AOB, but possibly not in special session. Maybe in the 2023 regular session, he's gonna be looking at that being in his agenda. And, and I've, I've told you many times before, we don't have a real consumer advocate for the state of Florida. The last consumer advocate got fired because they were actually trying to be a consumer advocate. And this one is just a lap dog for all of these guys up here that are just trying to say that insurance companies are in a crisis mode. Maybe they didn't make 25 million, maybe they made 24 million last year instead um, in their fourth or fifth house. Um, you know, uh, they can't afford that uh, rent anymore. I don't know. It's, it's bullshit, um, and this is what will continue to uh, to come up if we don't continue to have a unified voice, if we don't continue to fight back and tell them that that's bullshit, and you're gonna see it from this storm. It'll be two years after, and that's unfortunate, you know, is that it's gonna take years. Of people are still going to believe that their insurance company's gonna do the right thing in six months, and they're still, believe it or not, still gonna believe that a year later, they're still gonna do the right thing. 
eventually they're going to get pissed off and they're going to see that their value of their property has just went to nothing and they have gotten nothing from their insurance company. That's when they'll probably uh, step in at that point. Our governor will probably be president and out of here, and we're just left with all the crumbles afterwards. So I'm very worried about special session. I'm very worried about the 2023 special uh, uh, session coming up. Um, and we, we have to do something about this for sure. We have to continue to be a, a unified voice and, and, and tell these guys that without independent contractors, your insureds are going to be in a bad space. You know, mm -hmm. the, the, the folks that are um, the mortgage companies are, are going to lose so much money on their assets because homeowners are going to get screwed by their insurance companies and the insurance company is going to say, well, I don't know, uh, they had the wrong adjustment or, or we did pay the claim. They changed the law last year to where they can close the claim after they make one payment. His name is Richard Kidwell, president of the Restoration Association of Florida, along with AQA. As I mentioned earlier, host of the AQA radio show. Make sure you catch it on uh, Saturday afternoons from 12 to 2. Anytime on the Florida Man radio over there. Right. If you're local to Orlando, it's on 105.5. Uh, Rich is amazing on there. He's got Hans, Ken, and DJ, uh, great people um, that'll walk you through a lot of this, and you can get a lot more information right there. Folks, I want to challenge you to understand something. You're going to see a lot of your homeowner. A lot of people are going to attack blue-collar entrepreneurs in the next month. And they're going to say a lot of negative things. Where are the people that are actually being hurt? I don't see them. I don't see homeowners stepping forward yet. And all the damage that was done to say, boy, we're getting screwed by a contractor right now. But yet these insurance companies are bleeding out and they're going to be the ones who tell you that it's a problem. The real problem is the greed that we face right now in Florida as carriers look to make more money on the backs of homeowners. That is the real problem. Think about that as you start to see them demonize the very people that are putting lives back together. Until next time, everybody, this is the Patrick Carr Show. See you later. Cool. Thanks for having me. Thank you, buddy.